1: they can't go Hi, folks. I'm Alan Watton. This is Cutting Through the Matrix on October the 21st, 2011. For newcomers, I always suggest you look into cuttingthroughthematrix.com and help yourself to the audios there. Free download. There's hundreds to choose from where hopefully you'll eventually get an education into the other side of what really runs society and you. Gives you your thoughts, gives you your trends, gives you all the even your hobbies. In fact, uh, your education, your reality uh, via the media and so on, and literally to show you that you're living in a planned society, a planned society, of course, with those who govern always ensuring that those who are governed think and and uh, pass their time in their lives. Uh, in the proper way, the way they've been designed to pass their lives Very obedient, um, they, can, they can grumble about different things But as long as they are good citizens, pay taxes and obey the authorities uh, That's all the government really wants out of you But although they want your mind as well, they want to have better access to your mind And you do that yourselves by giving all your information out on Facebook and internet and stuff like that no one seems to mind too much. So i show you the big foundations, organizations that work together to bring a parallel government in a long time ago. They didn't uh, really believe in this idea of democracy. although They use a term all the time themselves, but they believed it's only a special, well-educated elites, and elites with uh, good, powerful families, families who have held on to power for generations. Uh, in other words, good breeding uh, have the right to decide how the rest of us should live. Now remember, all the sites you'll see listed on the Com site have uh, uh, the same audios. They have uh, transcripts in English for a print-up. And go into alanwattsentinel.e if you want transcripts in other languages. Remember, two, you bring me to you. I don't bring on advertisers as guests. And uh, you have to keep me going if you want to. And... Um, you can do so by buying the books and discs I have at cutting through the And So you can find out how to do it all on the site there. And remember, from the U.S. to Canada, you can still use a personal check or international postal money order from the post office, or you can use PayPal or some people to send cash. That's up to you. And across the world, same thing. You've got to PayPal to order and donate, and you also have Western Union MoneyGram. And remember, straight, the nations are always welcome, because uh, the dollar is worth sweet, darned doll right now, as we all know, due to inflation. And it's to get a lot worse, apparently, because they say there's no hope for the future. It's a wonderful thing to tell the public. There's no hope for the future. But uh, for the first time, they're being honest with us because it's time to be honest about this one thing. Mind you, they're dishonest about everything else, including their future intentions. And that's what we go into on this particular broadcast, is to really go into the agenda, past, present, and future. And you've got to understand the past of these organizations that work together under one umbrella and to find out where it's taking you and their big plans for their future utopia. A depopulated planet, of course, and a very obedient DNA-created, specially created lab-type, brave new world society that will obey them very well and be terribly happy in whatever position they're put into. Whether they're digging gardens or anything else, they'll be very, very happy. That that literally is a scientific dictatorship that uh, uh, some some of the big boys have talked about in the past was their ideal way to go. They said that nature was too haphazard; you could never tell what kind of personality was going to break out when a couple mated, and uh, and therefore they wanted a planned society where they could predict exactly uh, what kind of child this was going to be before they were born. So that's the world we're coming up into, of course, and that's why academia is completely on board. With this whole agenda they were taking on board a long time ago and the professors play an awfully big part alongside those who run the world back with more after this break So we're back, cutting through the matrix. And uh, I mentioned last night that uh, you, you get kind of fed up as you watch this uh, great slaughtering machine called the New World Order and the New American Century Program, which is now the uh, used to be called the Neocons program, and now of course it's a Neo Dems uh, program. It's a, it's a continuation of the same the same organization, with the same people actually involved in it. I was surprised to see many of the, the first crew were in the second crew. But it just doesn't surprise me. They just changed the front man, that's all. And that's Obama. But uh, the same agendas going forward, uh, with the same list of countries to take out, of course. And I've mentioned before about the time of um, perpetual war or constant conflict, as it's called, by the military. That's what we're in, of course. We've been in for quite some time, quite, quite a long time now, in fact a constant conflict where it's just one war after another. And even HG, even we find that um, Orwell and others, uh, writers in the past, in their fictionalized visions of the future, which are awfully accurate, of course, especially when they were involved in some of the planning committees for for propaganda for Britain and other countries, which Orwell certainly was, uh, he knew the agenda. And he talked about, in his book 84, he, he says... Um, he says, who were we fighting today? And you to always know who you were fighting as though you would always been fighting the same people. It was kind of wrong to get, the, get it, get it to get get to the last people you were fighting when you actually change sights again. So they're always changing gun sights, you see. And they do it so slickly now, no one really yawns or even wakes up about it or raises an eyebrow because we're so used to the gun sights being changed, first from Afghanistan then to Iraq and, and on and on it goes through Libya. And they still have Syria to take out on the list, and Iran, of course, as well. So it'd be interesting to see. They've also got a a few of the old French territories to go to get back Algeria, etc. They want to do the same sort of thing in a few other places for the French and give a payoff to them for being part of NATO. But uh, it's it's interesting. Most folk don't really care, and even the even the organisations we see protesting things. Uh, don't generally turn out anymore To protest the wars They're, That's kind of passe for them They take their orders from the top They're told what to protest these days and, and right from the beginning I knew from from the very lack Of people protesting on the streets The big anti-war machine uh, You could always tell That the leaders were all uh, part Of the those who were doing the killing Of course They tell them when to get out and protest And when not to And there's conspicuous lack of Of, uh, of visibility anywhere through all these wars, it tells me all I need to know about them. They're all paid for at the top. And so that's the world that they live in. And it's interesting, too, that they've taken out one of the most advanced, probably the most advanced country in Africa today. Where it was interesting, too, is that Libya was a true socialist country. And yet people think in, in the student groups that, uh, it's, that they want to bring in a socialist world. Well, and they can't quite figure out this double thing. if Why are they taking out a socialist country? Uh, a country where every person could get to university for free uh, and get free uh, accommodation. Uh, young married couples could get free accommodation for life as well. Uh, the cash that was from the oil was going back into the people, etc. Free medical care and all that. So they've taken it out. To bring in something that they call democracy, uh, it's awfully quite fascinating to see that people can't get their heads around this, that you don't have what you think of in your terms, your, your definition of a socialist system taking over here the world. As the, the socialism they're talking about is more uh, along the ways of eugenics. The type that Fabian society is into where they will tell you if they need you to live or die or if you're going to be a useless eater, you're not going to be around very long. They believe in that kind of stuff. The, the, the population that they want is all, what they'll have uh, and no more. And they can cut that at any time that they want. That's the ideal society that they want. They also want big government interfering in every aspect of your life and definitely no picking your own partner for marriage or to have a child and so on. So it's a different kind of socialism, you see, that they're really talking about. And, of course, it's a marriage as well of fascism. But all systems really are fascistic. Uh, by design, they become that way regardless, even if they don't start off that way. It's just the way things are, human nature being what it is. All you need is one generation and in power, income, their children, and, and before you know it, they're almost like royal families. And, and that's how they, they truly are. You can see this from, from Hillary Clinton, for instance, and she's definitely psychopathic as far as I'm concerned. And I call her Killary now because she's, she's the one that's been uh, protesting uh, and not protesting, demanding we go to war with the, one country after another on behalf of another country, of course, which isn't the United States. But anyway, that's, a, that's by the bye. Uh, and uh, but she's demanding that they go into all these other countries and just kill, kill, kill. And she's awfully happy about it too. And Madeline Albright too in NATO, she's been placed strategically in the NATO department. Uh, uh, Madeline Albright's awfully happy too. She t- she generally is into the starve them first, you know, starve them to death. And once they're weak enough, then Hillary gets the military to go in and, and finish everything off and destroy all the infrastructure. So that's how they really work it. So anyway, uh, Secretary of State Hillary Clinton, it's not a bad idea, They just, just get married to a guy knowing that they're going to make him a president one day because he's been at a Bilderberger meeting and stuff like that. And, and you get put up there in the top yourself. What did she ever do for the country, you know? Anyway, um, she, said, she shared a laugh with a television news reporter moments after hearing deposed Libyan leader Muammar Gaddafi had been killed. She was in Tripoli earlier this year for talks with leaders of Libya's National Transitional Council, which means America's puppet government. That's what we, we always put puppet governments, and, and NATO does the same thing wherever they go. As his reporter asked if Gaddafi's death had anything to do with her surprise visit to show support for the Libyan people. And she replied uh, uh, with a joke and, and a chuckle, it says here. Chuckles, you've got a sense of humor when it comes to slaughter, you know. Mm-hmm. We came, we saw, she, he died, she joked. Yeah. We, we came, we saw, he died. And that's a little pun on, of any vidi, vidi which uh, Caesar, of course, is supposed to have said, we came, I came, I saw, I conquered. So that's a little pun. That's all she had to say about the slaughter and all the folk that are been killed with uh, hundreds of raids by NATO bombs and so on. And that's what you've got at the top of the State Department. State Department's awfully important, you see, and that's why, of course, uh, during the McCarthy era, McCarthy was kind of partially right uh, of what he was talking about. He thought they were all communists, but in fact it was something else. And, of course, uh, it was Professor Carl Quigley that said that they're all high-ranking members of the CFR, Council on Foreign Relations, which are, and, the, and their methods and their their um, goals are awfully similar to communism. And that's why they were often mistaken for that. So he was right. But they had to get the State Department first, and they did that way back in his day. So you, you understand it's always been controlled by them ever since. But, yeah, we get fed up, as I say, with uh, this uh, constant conflict. And that's from the, the military magazine. They, they said that this is going to be constant conflict for, for the rest of your lives, basically. And constant change. And that's what you're being taught now, constant change. When you're in flux, you can't hang on to anything uh, to, to compare it to. There's nothing to compare to when you're constantly in flux. And uh, you don't even get a few years where anything stays the same, uh, everything's changing. Even buildings don't last very long these, 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 when you live in cities, etc. They're always tearing them down every few years and building new ones. So you can't say to you, to you, if you even have a grandpa, gee, grandpa, do you remember that? You know, Oh yeah, I've been down there many times. There's nothing to refer to. It's all changed. And that's part of our system where you get people in flux. That's intentional, by the way. It was discussed uh, even in the late 1800s, how to get the minds of whole populations into fluctual states where they could be easily guided and molded and they wouldn't have the savvy and understanding to rebel about anything, truly rebel about anything. And they wouldn't know where they were going until it was too late, you know. So we're we're well into scientific technique. But scientific techniques run our whole lives and all of all of our indoctrinations um from school uh, augmented by the media. And the media is such an awful, awful um I'd give them, congratulate them, and say It's awfully well done prostitution of, of reality, uh, because they really affect everyone, and people keep forgetting not to believe them. Even when they've lied to you so often and they're caught out, they fall right back into believing them when they come out again with straight faces on something else. The media is an essential arm, an essential arm of government. Essential arm. That's how you're given your your updates on your reality. You must believe it's true. You must believe it's true. And that's why they pay uh, characters to be on the media, mainstream, big characters, the the famous name ones, who, who are, they keep them there till they're dropping off the chair in their 80s because you've grown up with them and daddy would never lie to you. So I hope you realize that we're constantly being played with all the time. And um, I'll put up a, a, a video tonight, too, of a news reporter who was in Libya during the bombing and gets a different version of uh, uh, that's what happened there than, of course, the Western media gave you. Because really, the, everyone was fighting against these invaders, and that's how they saw foreigners coming into the country to take over the country, which is true. You know, that was the intention, and to grab the resources, etc., cetera, et cetera. And uh, of course, the Western media, being the prostitutes they are uh, failed to mention all that you, you just don 't you understand on mainstream media you 're not going to get any truth coming out with these embedded reporters uh, and, and reporters today uh, know where their bread is buttered, and they will not write negative reports they know they 're they're told by the military what, what they must write and what 's taboo to write about and they know. Uh, to avoid the taboo. It's as simple as that. They are truly prostitutes, truly prostitutes. And that's what gives you your reality. Uh, and I, even here, I'm, I'm sitting talking to people who are probably well-educated in this whole agenda that's going on in the world, going on for a long time, and yet some, they still often will email me something from the mainstream, which is so ludicrous at times, you get surprised, they get caught off guard and fall, they relapse back into believing them. I'll be back with more after this break. folks, I'm back and we're cutting through the matrix. Michael Gorbachev it came out at uh, the opening of a, a new academic, basically facility to do with, with globalism, etc. And, and he's calling for parastroika for a new world order. So Michael Gorbachev says uprisings signal an emerging new world order. And he says, we're reaping the consequences of a strategy that's not conducive to cooperation and partnership, to living in a new global situation, says Michael Gorbachev, former president of the Soviet Union. And he's speaking to a crowd, a large crowd, on October 19th in the Alan P. Kirby uh, Fieldhouse. And he was talking to thousands as well through streaming broadcast, internet, etc., coast-to-coast including Northern Mexico. He says, people are asking why their leaders want to decide everything at the expense of the people. It's because they're in charge and they're reaping the benefits, isn't it? But he was referring to the series of uprisings around the world, including the Occupy Wall Street demonstrations in the U.S. He says the world needs goals that will bring people together. He says some people in the United States were pushing the idea of creating a global American empire and that was a mistake from the start. Other people in America are now giving thought to the future of the country. The big banks, the big corporations are still paying the same big bonuses to their bosses. Was there ever a crisis for them? He says, I believe America needs its own perestroika. And uh, so he's gone on about the same old stuff too. It won't happen because there's a lot of stuff he's not talking about too. Uh, because it's the same families that are running America that ran the last bunch as well, and that's obvious too. It doesn't matter what party's in. It's the same groups that are, are, are always managing it, plus you have the Council on Foreign Relations, uh, and, and they're all members of the Council on Foreign Relations, all the top people in bureauc- all through all bureaucracy and the, the media uh, and also as presidents uh, and... Uh, so um, until you get that out of the, the picture, you're never going to change any policy. There's only one policy, and that's their policies. You've known that for an awful long time. And he knows this too, of course. He knows that. So he's calling for the, this new world order again and again. He's done, done this many times before, but he's never been precise in exactly what kind of new world order he wants is it going to be the old Marxist stuff and what's the difference with the Marxist stuff and, and what you've got today um, Marxism has its own division of labor where they decide okay these ones here will end up being laborers and these ones will be semi-skilled uh, workers and these ones will be professionals and the professionals will, will have a better start status than the ones down here even the ones down there are keeping your sewage systems going I'd call that pretty well important wouldn't you They never discuss the obvious things. So, Because everything really technically is always the same under different guises. It gives the appearance of changing things, but not really, you know. And often it's worse, in fact, because, as I say, socialism has massive government, massive government. And they're involved from cradle to grave with agencies. It's an agency for everything. And Britain, again, is a... Test bed for all of that, especially Scotland now. They're using that big time for that. Sort of Sweden too, mind you. So they never touch on the, the obvious, and, and of course they're not going to either. Uh, the, the U.S. too, the Gang of Six are calling it. Now even there's 12 of them, I guess are joined at the hips and pairs. The Gang of Six briefs the super committee, uh, but proceedings remain secret. These are the guys that are in charge now of borrowing the, the cash from the bankers, etc., the bipartisan Gang of Six today briefed members of the Joint Select Committee on Deficit Reduction, but the content of the closed-door deliberations, that's your transparency in government, remain secret as a deadline to come up with a proposal for a $1.5 trillion in deficit reduction approaches next month. They want to slash uh, stuff that was out to the people, I guess. This is members of the Gang of Six, including Senator Ken Conrad, and names them all, and so on. Were invited to brief the committee on their bipartisan proposal, which recommended $3.7 trillion savings over the next 10 years. The briefing lasted nearly two and a half hours. And then they go into their usual spiel. As a nation, we need a balanced, comprehensive plan. How often have you heard that? You hear that all your life long. <laughs> Got a balanced, comprehensive plan to get this debt under control. They've been saying that since the Rothschilds took over the Bank of England and it's absolutely essential we do. Uh, Conrad DND reported, we very much appreciated the chance to go into significant detail uh, on the conclusions we came to. When the briefing was over, the six Democrats and six Republicans on the JSC split up to meet separately for an hour to discuss the Gang of Sixers recommendations. So there's a six and a twelve and so on. It's all cabalistic, beautifully, isn't it? Leaving the, the meeting, the members of the table of twelve—it's so a table now, you see, too—just like the, you know, King Arthur's knights. Were tight-lipped on the detail of today's private meeting, which lasted about three and a half hours. Anyway, they want to slash, uh, basically, Medicare and different things by a quite, uh, a, quite an amount, actually. And they won't do it to the military, obviously, because there's a few wars to fight yet. Uh, and then America won't have anything else left to fight, I suppose, in the end except to turn everything on their own public when they start starving to death and rioting. And that's how I see it coming down the pike, actually. It's, you don't build up internal armies under the guise of terrorism unless you plan to use them big time, all at once, like, you know, all of them, uh, for what they're really there for. That will happen. That will happen. Half of all U.S. workers earned less than $26,363 in 2010. According to the authors of the study, the combined 9.8% drop in income from the start of the recession to middle of this year is apparently the largest decline in decades. And it's, it's, um, it says here, although the per capita income of all U.S. workers in 2010 was at $39,959, about half of Americans earned less than $26,363 a year. Back with more in this report after these messages.
0: Listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth.
1: Hi folks, I'm back cutting through the matrix, and we're talking about the, the, the fall in income across the board, pretty well for at least half the workers in the U.S., and it says here, the Social Security Administration which released the figures explained the large difference between the average and median income to wage levels being skewed. The difference represents the growing income gap in the country in which those few on top get very high compensation packages and the majority get pittance. The figures are not significantly far from the findings of a study made by two former Census Bureau officials than the median household income in the U.S. was 49,909. Adjusted for inflation, the figures showed a 6.7% decline from June 2009 to June 2011. It was more than double the decline in household income from December 2007 to June 2009, which was uh, by 3.2%. According to the authors of the study, Gordon Green Jr. and John Coder, the combined 9.8% drop in income from the start of the session to middle of this year is apparently the largest decline in several decades. So, uh, as I say it's interesting too, the ones at the top are telling us this is not going to get better, but I think we already knew that, so that's the plan, isn't it? That's the plan. It might be surprising to, to a lot of people to find out that those at the top of the US actually hate the US. Strange thing that, isn't it? You have to do a lot of studying to find that out. And it's up to you. Now Walmart too, they helped to put lots of small stores out of business and that was part of the big monopoly game. And uh, uh, they're now and then they jack their prices up as they always do. All these companies. What? Mind you, Walmart's part of your community, I, b- I believe. It always tells you that we're part of your community. Every big business now is a, a part of your community. Walmart eliminates health care benefits for future part time employees. It says. It says it's reducing the company's expenses on health care. Announcing on Thursday, a series of changes that will affect future employees. The world's largest retailer justified the changes to rising operating costs. Amongst the highlights of the change is that future part-time employees who clock in less than 24 hours a week on average would no longer be given health insurance coverage. Those who would work from 24 to 33 hours a week could no longer include a spouse on their health plan, but they could still add their children, so they don't really want married people. Before the recession and financial crisis, Walmart even widened health care coverage for its workers and their families by offering health care insurance to part-time employees Working less than 24 hours a week after one year on the job, the health plan cost was about $250 a year per family. this says, besides future employees, some current workers would also have to pay more under the 2012 health plan offering of Walmart. To be affected uh, are workers who smoke, so they're discriminating too. They would be mandated to pay an extra amount ranging from $10 to $90 each pay period if they want to have health coverage. It's not only healthcare costs at Walmart's cotton, but also prices on its toys to boost the retailer's income during the Christmas season. Well, don't shop there, folks. You know, just screw them. You know, they're screwing you. And uh, so, as I say, things are not uh, meant to, to look up, obviously. And we're getting trained to accept that as well. And, you, and you, I've seen it happen in other countries years ago, how they trained the populace to get used to less and less and less. And, and they'll do the same. The, 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 the system, the, the formula always works. You just have to introduce it in the same manner. Now, across the world, too, and I noticed this years ago, uh, at least in Canada and some of the small local newspapers, they announced when the police were going to change from their old uniforms, where you call them an officer, to these new uh guys in combat gear you know the black outfits tucked in pants into the combat boots and all black black shirts black ties Everything's black black is the sign the sign of the executioner too and it's been awfully effective down through the ages even from the middle ages uh under the authority of the king to terrify the public and that's this is purpose it's ominous it's nightmareish. that's where your nightmares are in the, in the in the dark sort of thing so they use that and uh in canada they did say in some of the small newspapers that uh, you might notice your officers uh, wearing this gear. Uh, they'll be, they've been told to parade it around in, in groups of three or four to get the public used to seeing them. And I actually saw it happening in a little potato town in Ontario. And uh, I don't know if they hired the guys for the day because they looked like, kind of like models, just chatting away, you know, and smiling and all that, which they never do normally. And um, I, I, what surprised me is that everybody, they, no one looked at them. That, that's what got me. I thought, you know, the people, unless the people hear it on mainstream or what's then it, there's nothing in their consciousness, but they won't notice it. And they didn't notice. It just became normal, just suddenly, and that was it. The new combat gear. Now combat gear is meant for war, folks. That's why it's called combat gear, you know. i just let you know. And of course, we see it across most countries in the world, and Britain has just decided across the board as well to copy it as well. It's time now to get into the combat mode, and so whatever country you pop into in holidays or whatever, you'll see the same thing, and everything will be the same everywhere you are. Everything will be the same, the cost of everything, the food and uh, the police, all that stuff. And so it's, it's the thin black line, it says, please to get new look, and this is for Britain. It says the uniform which will replace the plain black trousers, white shirt and tie, or skirts and cravats worn by some female officers, and I should add some other ones too now because they've got the right to do that, is expected to be introduced early next year. And it shows you them there. The new uniforms are already being worn by Northumbria police. And they show you the pictures, the black shirts, uh, pants and all the rest of it, etc. And, um, uh, of course, they have all the combat stuff. They can have the boots as well if they want them. And so as soon a you get used to it, combat gear across the whole world idea, and that's it, folks. It's just, that's it, you know. Why do you think they do that, see? There's no, there's a reason everything is done, you know, especially visually, because everything is symbolic. And as I say, a combat gear uh, in black is highly symbolic of something not very pleasant. Not very pleasant. Now, the CIA's and the NSA's and Facebook, you know, all these things are put up by the same boys, of course, and they give you front men to give you a fake story of how it was created to throw you off from the fact that it's NSA and CIA, etc., data collection agencies. Same with Google and all the rest of them. Facebook building shadow profiles of non-members, is alleged. It says 800 million users aren't enough. Facebook, the world's biggest social network, is now building profiles of non-users who haven't even signed up. An international privacy watchdog charges. The claim is made in a complaint filed August by Ireland's Data Protection Commissioner. It alleges that users are encouraged to hand over the personal data of other people, including names, phone numbers, email addresses, and more, which Facebook is used using to create extensive profiles of non-users. Uh, of course, Facebook category denies the allegation, but experts tell Fox News that it could well be true. There can be little doubt that Facebook collects from its current users information about individuals who are not currently users, but collects from its current users information about other Facebook users, says Kelly Kubasta, who heads the Dallas law firm Clemchuk Kubasta's social media division. Uh, it says Sierra O'Sullivan, a spokesman for Ireland's Office of the Data Protection Commissioner told Fox News that its audit of Facebook's Ireland privacy policy was part of a statutory investigation that the office anticipates will lead to immediate changes. The Office of the Data Protection Commissioner will be commencing a comprehensive audit of Facebook Ireland before the end of the month, was Sullivan said. So, of course it is. I mean, uh, that's, uh, that's what it's put out there for. That's what it's out there for. No one forced the populations to use them, and and most folk uh, want to. They want to use, and they want to have their sock puppet friends, you know, which are really just computer programs talking to them, emailing them, and collecting data from them. It makes them feel important, and and wanted, I suppose, in this lonely old world. So they're they're conned left, right, and centre. But it's, it's purely data collection, and, and all your habits and traits, etc. And the universities share all this data as well, because they get grants from the from the Pentagon and the CIA to to do profiling, etc. Now, uh, there's so many big organisations. I'm always talking about foundations and the NGO organisations that they fund, including other foundations. Some foundations are really fronts to fund many other foundations, all from the same source. And um, there's one I'm putting up tonight, too, on, it's called, uh, uh, it's, it's about, basically, the, the whole carbon nonsense, etc. Uh, it's, it's a front, in a sense, the, the whole carbon con is a front to begin with, but it's all oh. to do with depopulation, and they need to depopulate, and it's called uh, a post, post-carbon, a post-carbon society, basically. And I'll put this link up. And you'll find from this, this organization, it's obviously well funded, uh, the one about fossil fuels, human growth and so on. And then if you go through their website, you'll find that the, the real, the real answer to stopping, uh, at all is to massively depopulate. Yeah. And, uh, and why you must do it. And they get all these experts that belong to them. The same old names that belong to all the other big foundations and organizations telling you why you must depopulate. That'll conserve water, energy, food. And you won't be breathing CO2 because you won't be alive, you see. And, uh, stuff like that. I'll just show you uh, how it's done and what's really behind it all. The, 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 the whole carbon front, apart from being a, a massive, um, a massive boom for, for the guys dealing in the carbon credit con game, It's also to do with uh, a a new system over everyone's lives. Again, cradle to grave on energy consumption and then all these mathematical equations they use to pretend they can transfer that into how much carbon and and global warming that you alone have created by buying that darn thing. That's why you're going to pay taxes on it and so on. So it's to, to, for other reasons, it's for social control, control over the general public, and depopulation, and eventually, and they've always wanted to ban uh, people from mating for uh, procreative purposes. They don't want offspring willy-nilly, they want for themselves to decide if you can or should have offspring, etc. That's always been a part of the old game. And um, San Francisco, from San Francisco it says, California finally adopted the nation's most comprehensive so-called cap-and-trade system Thursday, an experiment by the world's, that's carbon taxes. Uh, but the eighth largest economy was designed to provide financial incentives for polluters to reduce greenhouse gas emissions. State officials say they hoped other states in Washington, D.C. would follow suit, calling the plan a capstone. Well, they would, wouldn't they, being the, the leader of all cancers at start, You know, they say that, and uh, they should say that in Britain. The, the elderly people said that when I was we that all cancers started in California. They meant social cancers, all the trends that were put out for you know, and everyone else copied them. And actually they're they're kind of true. There's something to that. Interesting history, California, even the name. And even, even who was on it before the white guy came in. But it says here for half a century every American president has been calling for America to move away from our dependence on foreign oil and become energy independence. Mary Nichols Chairman of the California Air Resources Board. Recently, we've not succeeded in addressing their addiction to petroleum, is because we didn't have the right set of policy tools. She says, Captain Trade provides a reward for doing the right thing, so it's punishment and reward for the general population, but the big boys who do the polluting will be trading the carbon credits to themselves and making a lot of profit off it in the global trading market. Not a bad idea, eh? Not bad at all. And if you can afford to buy a forest, you see, uh, and it just sits there. Uh, the world will pay you. All their taxpayers will pay you for it sitting there. Great scam, isn't it? Now, I'm just going to check the callers again and see if, uh, who's on the line there. Now, there's Stephen from Oregon. Uh, is Stephen still on the line there?
0: Yes, sir. and uh, Thanks for taking my call. My son just called, uh, on hold. His car broke down. I did some troubleshooting with him. It's all fixed. Uh, yep. family. You know what? You know what? I think that's where we're at now in these days. You better be able to take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so that's why I try to teach my children and stuff. Hey, um, uh, one of the things, first I want to make, I'm going to be brief, I promise. And I really like you, Alan. But um, the um, brief, is there was a caller last week that came on to me. I know this is immature for your uh, very mature radio show, uh, but he is, like, saying something about he's going to do a Jewish thing and that we're all creatures, you know. But he did get me interested to, to research it. And then I started researching, and it's very clear in the Book of Genesis that we were made dominion over the animals. Mm-hmm. We were made dominion, and it was neat, them. And so when I started reading it, it talked about herbs too. And I thought that that excited me because I'll tell you why. Because these herbs that, that is explained in that, I'm not going to get all religious on you. This, this is this just throw out stuff, you know, Alan. Yeah. You know, and uh, and but the herbs, because I think the herbs that were given to us keep us healthy. Not the pharmaceutical. And I thought that was really neat when I was reading it. So the guy that I think he should quit going to organized religion. But at the same time, he he made me go research and I learned some new things. So
1: even we all we win no matter what. Well the thing is the thing is too, you're forgetting too, if if you go by the same uh, book basically. Um, later on the Sons of God came down meeting with with women. And, but they taught these women uh, uh, again mathematics and and also the pharmacopoeia, which is uh, chemistry. So they they got off of the herbs and started making the artificial stuff and selling it to you through drugstores.
0: <laughs> well, they took over the education and the, and the homeopathy in 1900. Or mm-hmm. like that, yeah, and that's what I learned. They took it all over about 1901. Um, well, I had a question for you then, so I can let you go, because I know the, the hour is getting late. I had a question for you. I mean, I, I, I agree with everything. All your research matches mine. Every single word you say, except for you're better at it than I am. And I just wonder what now. I mean, I know there's the likes of, like, Alex Jones that, that can, um, that can, uh, make their plans, oh, be longer i think they read something they wanted to have this all done in 2000 and now it's 2011 um and i know there's these people that can do that but what is your thought process on and is there any way to stop
1: this uh i tell you to stop it people would have to treat it like a drug all, all information like a drug a bad drug and, and you'd have to isolate yourself And not go in and be tempted by any media at all. And then you have to go into yourself, for the first time in your life probably, and start thinking about things for yourselves. Don't don't even engage in conversation with people about it. Because only you can decide. Only you can decide. And that's the problem. Everyone joins a group that are ready-made for us to join, and and you're back into left-wing, right-wing, and all this stuff, and... Uh, and socialism or this or that or variations of it uh, but it's up to yourself to decide what life should be about we don't even get that chance you know you're born into a system and uh, the word system is awfully interesting go in and check it up what it means uh, It's, it's trima- and then you find that we're into the system with multiple systems within it but all highly organized from a, a capstone basically uh, and uh, and uh, so even even your thoughts, and even when you come up against a brick wall and say, well, I, I, this doesn't work out for me, I'll look at something else, the system will show you what to look at, and it guides you into the next way of, of thinking. So you just go round in circles through, or, or you're through a maze, but it's only you that can decide what life is, is about. What is the purpose of life and so on? And, and you've always got these experts at universities that will tell you, well, you know, life is to serve the collective, or life is to serve this. Or, you know, they're always going to an answer for you. But really, um, who says that you're supposed to serve the collective? What, what collective, you know? What collective? Yeah. For instance, if, if you go through life, uh, and, and, and the ancients said this in Greece, that uh, you were lucky if you could influence five people and have five real friends in your entire life. You were very lucky. And that hasn't changed, you know. If you really have five true friends. But, but hold on, and, and we'll touch on that when I come back from this break. folks, we're back, cutting through the matrix. And just to finish off what we're saying about friendship, for instance, uh, because today we're talking about thousands of friends, if you just join up this Facebook or this or that or whatever, and uh, uh, you don't have thousands of friends at all. In fact, you you don't even know if these are real people. And uh, I've gone through the articles before where they talked about sock puppets and the government's putting out thousands of these things, fake people, and you think you are conversing with them. And, um, but in reality, uh, the ancients said the same thing in Greece, too. You're lucky to get five friends uh, throughout your whole life. And, and if you could influence five people for what you thought was the good uh, of, of all of you, uh, you were awfully, awfully lucky. And you see things today, it's all groupthink. You're, you're encouraged to join groups, 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 groups. And if you look at the, the Wall Street protest, uh, the, the media would tend to give, make you think this it's mainly all one, one big massive organisation, which it wasn't. A lot of those in the groups, same with the G20 meetings, a lot of them in the groups were there to, to demand that government actually uh, taxes people more uh, to save the planet and go green, etc. And the same at the, the bank things as well, that more, more of the cash from the banks should go and go green and, and all that stuff. So there were all these different... Um, the uh, things that they want to get pushed through, as opposed to the, the ones who are there just genuinely to, 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 to show their disgust at the awful raping of countries by bankers. And that was the main issue. That was supposed to have started it all off. Not to end up with one group taking it over, well-funded at the top, with all the usual names, by the way, the authorised left-wing, you know. Uh, the ones who were awfully authorized, they all, they all know their names, and saying we want global governance under or government under the United Nations. That's what it wasn't about, about at all. So same with your friends as well, all these fake friends that you have. Um, they're not friends whatsoever. One time you used to call them acquaintances, people you bumped into or you had to meet at one time, like neighbors, but they weren't necessarily your friends. You had polite conversations, and that was as far as it would go. Or, or occasionally share some interests you have in common, but nothing else. Because if you brought everything else into it, you'd have many conflicts. So you've got to distinguish what a friend actually is. And a friend is someone that will stick to you through thick and thin. That That's what friendship generally means, you see. True friendship. And the only time you'll see it now is at the top when they lie their teeth off to you and one comes out and says, weapons of mass destruction... And the next one comes out after, from the same room, of course, after the meeting and says the same thing, weapons of mass destruction. They'll stick together to, to, to the death, but nobody else will. Nobody else will, you see. And that's what little we, friends are for. And very few people actually have uh, many friends, these days, especially these days, because we're a cold society. where a society lives in fiction most of the time. We, uh, people watch non-stop television. They've been programmed all the time through, through fiction. And uh they can 't think for themselves anymore, even the emotions they get come through fiction they don't experience them in their daily lives, so they have to get it through through fictional portrayals of tears or joy or whatever it happens to be that's a sad statement because that 's how far down the road we've've been conned, controlled and altered mind altered never mind biologically altered we have been we definitely have been biologically altered too. Look at the shapes of the people, for instance, in old black and white 40s movies, compare them to the ones today. People at wa- women at one time had waists, they all had waists. Look at them now. And they had hips as well. That doesn't happen suddenly, without biochemical and intervention. It's all been done. Same with the guys, they have no shoulders anymore, their voices are higher. They're going sterile. A war has been on you your whole lives and you never even knew it. Never knew it and it's ongoing. Perpetual war, constant conflict, covers every base. From Hamish myself from Ontario, Canada, it's good night to me, your God or your gods go with you. Remember, buy the books and donate. I need you to keep this thing going. See you on Monday.